Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. I got a feeling ooh, ooh, that this app's gonna be a good app. That this app's gonna be a good, good app. Cause you belong with me. Oh, you belong with me in New York. Concrete jungle where dreams are made. Yes, there's nothing, nothing you can't can do with that poker face. Poker face. Poker face. Just dance, dance. It's a lost year. Welcome to Pop Culture Rewind 2009. I admittedly don't remember a lot of my life experience <laughs> from this year, but I do remember a lot of pop culture things that happen in this our year of 2009. Welcome to a rewind. That's right, because this time, baby, I'll be bulletproof. 2009, I felt a little bulletproof uh, in certain ways, and in hindsight, I was depressed. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, 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 I've yes, talked yes. about this time in my life. This was, I think, because it was the recession and all this stuff. We were just kind of trying to remember where we were at in our lives. Definitely living in Brooklyn with one Ben Kissel and, I believe, roommate Mike at that point. Um, it was pre the tub being shat in by one of those two people. Um, it was pre Lexi. I think I was in the final year of my relationship with my previous girlfriend, which had been the longest relationship I'd ever been in. Um, and then also I lost my temp job. Uh, that uh, my long-term temp job I was working and it all of a sudden became very hard to find work for the first time ever since I had landed in New York. And so I was just like sleeping all day and just sweating in my rooms, chain smoking cigarettes, reading Bone, the comic book or whatever comic books. Ugh. Bone was a good one. Wasn't that around the time period that you had the broken wheelchair in your bedroom that we yes. would sit in and smoke out the window with? And smoke out the window. <laughs> I remember, uh, yeah, just kind of every day waking up and being like, I'll, I'll write the screenplay tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. It was a very it's very ambitious happen. writing a screenplay. <laughs> we were all just about to do it. We were just going to write that screenplay. It's all we had to do. I don't think I'd ever understood this loop before, but the loop of like waking up being like, 
I'm going to get everything started tomorrow, but today I've got just enough weed and just enough video game and comic book to like get me through and fuck it, right? Who cares? We're fine. We're fine enough. We've got rent paid. We're okay. And then I would just, and then I'd wake up the next day and start, oh my God. And I mean, I know people don't want to hear about this anymore because they've heard about it enough, but my God, would I just paint the walls just white i mean i was off. just sitting oh yeah especially when i was trying to like write oh, a yeah. packet or something i would just sit and be like try to write a packet for like uh, everyone like was writing packets at this time packets too. oh yeah that's a, that's a flashback oh i'm so upset because i wrote a packet i haven't written the packet i submitted the packet haven't heard back oh, about haven't the heard back from the packet you never hear back from the packet and you <laughs> never, never get the job from the pack. you're never gonna hear back about that packet. <laughs> We were all in our early to mid twenties. We were yeah. Hold it. What year? Well, how old were you in Actually, this time period? I think I'm late. Tw- I think I'm twenty seven. You're twenty seven. MJ, math. how in old are you? I was twenty three in two thousand nine. Yep. I'm twenty two. So this was again dark times. And dark that's the things that. For all. Holden, you were 27, but comedian 27 may yeah, as well be 18 years old. <laughs> Is 23. It's a young 27. I, I was probably more <laughs> immature this year than I was at 23. Because at 23, I had like a nine to five, a permanent job, like... I was like, had a routine. I, I kind of had everything dialed in oh, and tried to take life seriously. This was a point where I like fell off the grid of life. Like I felt crazy, you know, but I was just like, but I'm not suffering any consequences. So I guess I'll just keep staying up till five in the morning yeah. and sleeping until the middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And like, getting up and just having just enough money for like a breakfast sandwich and a couple of Bud Lights. You know what I mean? I just don't. Yeah. It was just so out of whack. That we lived next door to that bar that was in the rehearsal on HBO Max. Yes. Thank God there was a bar right next door that Uh for $6 you could get a draft Bud Light and get a pizza at the same time. Yeah. I lived off Life of that. I literally lived on Alligator Bar and there was one in Manhattan yes. called Crocodile. The one yep. in uh, Brooklyn was Alligator and that was all, this was my year. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up, Jackie. This was the year yeah. that I only ate pizza. Yeah, this <laughs> is definitely a pizza year. This is a big <laughs> pizza year. I had a rule where I could not spend I worked in Manhattan and I would get done at 6.30 and I would just stay out and go straight to doing like open mics and I had a rule where I could not spend more than five bucks on a meal because I was so broke. And so what I would tell myself is that included falafel. And sometimes it did. But it was the year I ate so much pizza in 2009 that even though I live in New York City, home of the best pizza in the United States, I still don't get that excited when someone says, let's order a pizza. Because I ate pizza probably for 365 days in a row in the year 2009. Dude, you should have done my bodega hack because for $1.25, they would put American cheese on a roll with mayo for me. And I <laughs> lived off of pizza and cheese sandwiches oh from God. the bodega for $1.25. An egg and cheese was a real luxury. An egg and cheese sandwich from the bodega was a real luxury in 2009. And at the end of all of this, I was so so shocked that my girlfriend had wanted to move on to a much older novelist uh, who had an apartment in <laughs> who the was West. established, no, like, who had I was a, so a place. Blown away <laughs> that I mean, I was awful. Like I was just like again up till five in the morning. Like yeah, I remember too being like a. Anno- I'd be like, oh, I got to go all the way over to her place. It's like ten minute walk. <laughs> 
to get to her place. <laughs> Jackie, were you living in Williamsburg as well? Was this an L train year for all of us? Well, I always lived off the L train because I, you know, I may just, I can't be that far away from, I couldn't have an inconvenient life, Lord knows. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I was living in Ridgewood at this time. This is okay. when I had, um, it was before one of my many breakups with my long-term ex, and we were also going through a horrendous time period, and I remember we were living, We this is the time period of Pips the cat. Pips the cat, who was a one-eyed cat that my drugged-out landlord forced us to take because she was feeding it outside, and then she found it one day with this eyeball hanging out of its face, so she got it fixed, and she's like, you have to take it. Meanwhile, we're always hearing her getting... I'm not going to go into what happened with her. What I'm going to say is that she encouraged us to take this cat, who was the most evil cat I have ever encountered. I still have scars on my stomach from when the cat would just brutally attack me. And I lived in fear. And so in my brain, I was like, I have to stay at Holden's until six o'clock in the morning getting drunk because I don't want to deal with the cat. And I didn't want to deal with my relationship. That's We're all running from everything. We're all running from everything. Running. Running from it. And I love that pop culture, and we'll get into it in just a second, but it really seems like pop culture mirrors what was going on in our own lives, which is this big transition year. This was a huge ending. Hope and despair. Hope and despair. Yes. Hope and despair. Well, especially, yeah, Obama inauguration. things. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. Obama's in, uh, inauguration and ju- the economy had just fallen out from underneath us. And we were saying before we started recording, like, oh, well, what did the what did the economic crash mean to a bunch of people in their 20s who didn't have any money and no money in the stock market? Well, like a lot of my friends had jobs that were financed by rich people who lost their money because of Bernie Madoff or whatever. So they That's lost the thing. jobs. Right. A lot of temp agencies. Oh, people, yeah. Everyone worked at a temp agency at, in this time in New York if you were a creative person. And a lot of those yes. companies just laid everybody off. You and I was a jobs. nanny. And my right. the husband of the family that I nannied for lost his job in the recession, uh-huh. which is why I ended up losing my job because of it. Yes. But at this time period, and, and MJ and I were talking about this, we were both nannies at this time period i was a mess i was and like i was a i was a nanny starting from the age of 17 until i was about 23 24 and this year probably was the worst year for me to be a nanny because i just reeked of cigarette smoke i was always hungover (laughs) i don't know how anyone now that i am 35 years old how did anyone I would rather leave my kid with a 14-year-old. Jackie, you're so just tapping into the... <laughs> you're so just speaking towards the desperation of parents. Of parents. It's so <laughs> yeah. funny how, like, you start off with really good intentions, and you're like, I'm going to be so on top of this, and, like, no one's going to be near my baby that, you know, and then you get a few months, and you're like, anyone, I would give it this baby to anybody. Like, a convicted felon right now if I could just get a couple hours of sleep. I don't care anymore. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely what that is. And, you know, nannying is, is can, from what I've heard in New York, it can just be so fucking hit or miss Ooh. and such a roller coaster ride. I mean, I've had, you know, because Lexi also has done her fair share of nannying and I've heard the most horrific horror stories. Oh. But also, if you get a good situation going, I mean, you're kind of set. You know, yeah. but it just takes How do you like find that those? lucky. <laughs> yeah, I was in. A, I feel like I was in a an overall uh, 
the, my nanny situation worked out great for me because it was close to Union. It was also off the L, L train. All, my entire life was off the L train. I lived yes. in Bushwick. I would go into Manhattan, and it was a part time job. I would pick the kid up after school. We would like do Manhattan stuff, and then I would leave at six thirty, and then I would go get my three dollar beer at drop off services happy hour in the East Man. Village, and then I would get my dollar pizza from Two Bros, or I'd go to Crocodile on 14th street to get the free beer the free pizza that came with the beer. And then I would go, you know, go to shows and I was also avoiding <laughs> a negative relationship at home. So I would just stay out as long as I could Yeah, and then wake up and do it all again the next day. And it was just, I think about this a lot, especially in the summertime. Cause like sometimes as an adult, like I'm now a more mature adult in the summer, I have this like kind of like vague nostalgia for the summers of my 20s, but I can't quite pin down what it is. I know a lot of it was that there was I was always going to parties and like doing cool stuff. And we were drunk by sundown, I think is really right. what it was is that yeah. we, we were just <laughs> drunk. <laughs> and, 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 but there, yeah, there was just something like summer of 2009. I just remember being like my mindset. Granted, I was it was all overshadowed by like a huge cloud of depression. But there was this kind of immediate oh, satisfaction yeah. of being like, if I just make it to the end of work and I get to like get a tall boy or get like a happy hour beer, then that it, there was just so much joy and satisfaction that came with that, that again, yeah. I'm not going to say that it was all good because it was actually mostly bad. I was extremely depressed and lonely, but there was just <laughs> simplicity but. to it. Exactly. Well, was it actually that's, good? That's what <laughs> I was speaking towards earlier where I was like, I would wake up and I'd be like, my life's crumbling underneath my feet. And then I'd be like, no, We've got a, a couple of nugs. Right. We've got, got a couple of nugs. You know, yeah. I don't have any anybody uh, coming after me or anything like that. <laughs> oh, I always had people coming after me. Depending on the part of the year. <laughs> and I'm just like, I can just exist. And life is really simple. And I was kind of embracing that. And then yeah. after the whole thing, I was like, oh, wait, I was like really depressed. So depressed. And like really not mm. taking care of myself. It was definitely the year where I realized like, I need order in my life. Sadly, if I'm not going to like do what I love for a living, I have to have something because I will. It's so bizarre, like just a structure. I had all the time in the world to write and do all these things, but I don't do any of it until I have a nine to five because there's something about that structure being in place and a reminder that this is not how I want to live. Uh, that got me mot more motivated. Whereas if I had no obligations whatsoever, I mean, I would just wake up every day and throw the day directly into the garbage can. <laughs> and it was so weird how that, but yeah, it was, so it was like a huge, like growth year for me. And I think again, in pop culture, as we see some, some, some moments, some actions are put into place that we are still feeling the effects of to this very day starting i think you're right with obama sworn in as uh, uh president uh, in january of 2009 i also want to say talk about lost year 2009 grammys i also i don't know anything about this robert plant and allison krauss album that won album of the year yeah record of yeah. the year and then it's also cold play so it's robert Al robert plant and allison krauss and Coldplay were like the huge yeah. winners of 2009 i'm just like 
Where was I? Which is bizarre because also it was a great year for like Rihanna, Lady Gaga, Kanye. Like yeah, all the single ladies comes out this year. Weird year for Kanye though as well. This is the first kind of like downturn for Kanye. But Jackie, you know what it was because we're we're we're, uh, burying the lead here. Next year is when Page Seven starts. Correct? Yes. Twenty ten. Oh yeah. That's when you are forced to start paying attention to what's going on in pop culture. In two thousand nine, it was the opposite. Yes. Right. You're completely correct. ignoring pop culture wholeheartedly. That's why all this stuff is like, how did I not connect with this? That, again, the largest element of this being a transition year. But of course, um, the other lead I'm bearing, you mentioned Kanye West. I mean, come on. This is the year Kanye West interrupts Taylor Swift during her VMA Video of the Year accepted speech. I mean, we still quote it to this day. (laughs) It is still... Albums have been written about it. Songs... It is just this giant pop culture touchstone. And it really is, to my knowledge, the first time Kanye shows his ass. He was untouchable up until this moment. If this didn't happen, I don't know what Kanye would be like today. I just want to remind everybody, too, of exactly what happens with this. So this is, if you don't remember, Taylor Swift is on stage Getting giving her acceptance speech for the best female video for You Belong With Me. Which is a great song, by the way. Yes, great, great song. song. Kanye West. Some would say a perfect pop song. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye West shows up on stage, pop takes a microphone from her, and says, Yo, Taylor, I'm really happy for you. I'm gonna let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time, one of the best videos of all time, referring to Beyonce's music video for all the single ladies. Which, again, a huge pop culture yeah. fucking huge. Moment, by and the he, way. And like, this is kind of one of those moments where it's like, Kanye kind of has a point. He does have a point. He did it. Like, it, I think it is a fair point that Kanye is making to hold him. You can cancel. And shouldn't do it like no, this. No, no, Should I, definitely not do yes. it. What, but, what it is for me is... To think this is at all a thing, like the VMAs matter, is what's silly to me, uh-huh. right? Like, like at the end of the day, no awards it really matter. VMAs, but huh? the VMAs the yeah. of all things to take seriously to the point where you're going to run up on stage and yell that in the person who won's face is that's what's crazy. But to I want to remind everybody that later on in the show, Beyonce wins for Video of the Year for single ladies, <laughs> and then she invites Taylor Swift back on the stage to finish her speech that Kanye had interrupted. And I feel like this is a part of this that I completely forgot about that everyone should remember that like Beyonce was very publicly being like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Beyonce was humiliating. So humiliating for Beyonce. And like all the single ladies is an iconic, I mean, the dance alone. You see someone doing that dance, you know exactly what it's from. That is an iconic video. But good for Beyonce. My God, good for you. I mean, she doesn't need to fucking do that. She's Beyonce. Yeah, it was like these two. It was the one-two punch. Kanye's mother passes away at the end of 2007. This happens at the near the end of 2009. And this is the two major touchstones that created like the Kanye we've been, I'm going to say, suffering uh, for the past like several years. Just posted, by the way. Um, Pete Davidson's dead and the dates, uh, the years well, uh, from his birth Skeet Davidson to, is dead because... Sorry, Skeet, because... It's, yeah, it's, and it's because, you know, because Kim and him broke up. But, like, I mean, it's still... He's still this monster, But my like, beautiful Dark you know, Twisted Fantasy came out in 2010, and that's... Dude, like, 
Fucking so good. Which is so interesting that like his personal decline began before, but his, prof- but, you know, his, I mean, I guess arguably his music has always still been good. Even now, that. nowadays it's like, oh my God, here we go again. It's this like constant, just barrage of crazy Kanye shit. Right. This was like the one thing. Right. And I think it immediately got memed and it immediately became, you know, even today, if you say I'm a let you finish, everyone knows what that is, right. you know? Like that is always that is just now become synonymous with this moment, you know, and it was nuts. I mean, it was so especially because like just the whole situation, like he's got this like sunglasses, like leather shirt. She's this like wayfish pure as snow. Like she just looks all like she's kind of hunched over a little bit. She's meek is a word I would almost use to describe, like, kind of, it's just so, the whole thing is so, it's such an iconic image. And there's so many deeper things going on there, even putting Kanye and his, like, Kanye as a person, and again, I think there's been a lot of times where Kanye has been right about things, handled them extremely poorly, and then it has kind of fueled this, like, Kanye's just insane type of thing. But, like, even taking Kanye out of it, there's so... I mean, I'm sure that a million dissertations have probably already been written about this, but like what Taylor oh, yeah. Swift represented as, uh-huh. as like, you know, like a like a white woman pop icon and what Beyonce represented as a black woman pop icon and what that, what her music, what Taylor's music video was, which was like this like love story and what I'm a nerd. Was. Yeah, I'm like this nerd girl yeah. and uh, put upon and, and all this kind of stuff. Is just like, I mean, I just remember... Is this female empowerment song? And it was yeah. just thrilling. Like seeing, I had never seen anything like all like that. You know, like all the single ladies, like the music video. I had that that era of Beyonce. Oh, the I am Beyonce. Sasha Fierce yeah, era. Like, Sasha, oh, was, yeah, yes, yeah. It was just this thrilling. That was the first time I got. Re- that, 2009 was the year that I realized I loved pop music. This is why we started page seven. I mean, remember when we first met and I remember talking about these things. And one of the weird things that I do remember about this year of just like, man, it's like we're starting to like pay attention a little bit more to Beyonce and like things like that are starting to trickle into our drunk brains. (laughs) And we're like, we should like talk about this. Yeah, there was interesting, like, it was a really interesting time to, like, watch Lady Gaga. I didn't, at the time, understand that Taylor Swift also was very interesting. I thought that she was more of a... Boro Snorro. I mean, I had no interest whatsoever. You know, and, and even, I will I will concede, if I were to give an award to the videos of that year, I do think Single Ladies was probably better, right? I would probably give that the award, right? At the same time... I just think it's so absurd. The absurdity of like caring about it. I mean, it's absurd to care that much about an Oscar, in my opinion. So to get up there about a fucking MTV popcorn trophy, you know what I mean? It's or, or I guess it wasn't popcorn because it wasn't the movie awards. But I I I associate MTV with fucking best kiss right, and right. hack like corn yes. goofy. It's like the Nickelodeon's Kids Choice Award. I like put those in the same category and that's what it should have been because that's like what really should have come from the 2009 vmas was lady gaga's iconic performance where she covers herself in blood and she's singing paparazzi and it's an amazing performance and that is what we should have been talking about from this Uh vmas not what happened with kanye and, and taylor swift 
Yeah, yeah, there were so many good things happening in pop music at this time. Lady Man. Gaga yeah. really brought us, I think, like the brought in the uh, again talk about transition years. I think this was a year where she really brought in the pop art era, which like made pop so much more interesting to me. Definitely, and I think that there were so many great, you know. Uh, Rihanna since then like Rihanna Frank Ocean I mean there's just been so many like great like just doing pop but like making it feel more artful making it feel more elevated than where we were at in the 80s and 90s right and the godforsaken uh, I'm gonna say boy band uh, like factory pop era it was kind of like we were coming out of this factory made pop era right that was made a lot of money for a lot of people and great memories with Backstreet Boys and stuff for for the kids but it was like pop grew up in in the late 2000s and in the 2010s and it was so much fun to watch that happen Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Because another transition in pop that happens this year is the Hannah Montana movie comes out the same year that Miley Cyrus drops Party in the USA. And that is such uh, a, what, talking about a huge transition for Miley Cyrus, that's really getting out of the Hannah Montana world, even though, like, the movie is still coming out. But then Party in the USA, that's another one that seeped into my drunk braid where I was like, this is a great song. Uh, what a good song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just I, I it took me a while yet to come to accept it, but I definitely felt like I was feeling I was feeling Lady Gaga a little bit and didn't want to admit it. And I was definitely feeling like obviously I was feeling Kanye for sure at this point. And I feel like especially for millennials who like, you know, for people who are like our age and we went to college in the mid 2000s. Like, I think we talked about this on one of our earlier rewinds where I was like, I don't even really know what was going on with pop music in like 2003, 2004, 2005. But like the thing uh -huh. in that time, it was like, that was this like thrilling time to like alternative music and to like yes. emo and to like just the, you we know, see the fucking... my face, hope it gives you hell, hope it gives you hell, which also came out in 2009, by the way. <laughs> I think for me, I was discovering, you know, all the Wilco, yeah, Milk exactly. Hotel, it was exactly. all college, right Radio. The Decemberists, yes. you know, yeah. hipster music. Huge. Yes, we totally. were hipsters hipster in Williamsburg. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right. And so to to transition, but this was pre. I mean, in those early two thousands, yeah, yeah. To yeah. transition from being like, if it's pop, it must be stupid. Right. I only like this, yes. this, you know, more alternative stuff, which was also extremely popular. Like, I only like Spoon. Heard of it? Like, right. yeah, and I've heard of Spoon. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but like transitioning from that to being like, oh my god, I want to listen to the music that is playing in the grocery store because the music, that's, like the pop music that's playing, and it was a great time to be in New York because I feel like one a great thing about New York is that you kind of like, 
maybe this happens everywhere because of car being in cars, but like, I feel like you can't not absorb pop music and pop culture in New York because so much of life here is public. So it's like, this was also the year Michael Jackson died. And like that summer, walking down the street, you could not live in New York without hearing Michael Jackson all summer. I was in Williamsburg and I remember the moment, I think I was at a brunch, uh, of course. (laughs) And the moment that fucking shit went down, I mean, every car on the street every venue it was it's one of those moments where like that's why living in a big city like new york is cool because when a yeah. cultural moment like that happens like when obama was elected is another great example, example. We, walked through, we stopped the cars and cheered through the streets it, it was you know? so cool to be you know out on the streets that day and it wasn't like it was a lot sad i mean which is of course, obviously, we have to acknowledge all the shit that happened after. So it's like, but in, this was the before times when we, we had were hope. gleefully ignorant. Yeah. A little bit of hope. Michael Jackson, and there was more of a his pedophilia was more like a late late night show punchline at the point. Right, at that right. Point, like there, <laughs> right. There was no like there was le- there was less of a extremely specific and concrete reason not to take joy in listening to Michael Jackson all summer. We listened to Michael Jackson about, all summer. Uh, Bubbles is monkey, you know, out in the wild as opposed to like totally. how he's oh, probably a horrible person. But yeah, I mean, so it was like this big communal moment, yes. you know, that we all sh- that we all shared. And uh, that that's rare that it affects like a whole. That's how huge of a deal he was. And I know it's silly to say Michael Jackson was a big deal, but in two, we're talking 2009 perspective. The whole city stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The whole city stopped yeah. and everybody blasted Michael Jackson songs and we like lived in it together. We yeah. were all for like months. acknowledged. It was yeah, the whole was summer. Crazy. Like it was a summer of Michael Jackson playing everywhere. It was we a summer of Michael Jackson. Anywhere. But you bringing back Holden, the fact that Empire State of Mind also came out mm. in 2009. Yeah, It was Michael Jackson or it was motherfucking Empire State of Mind. I have never heard. I think to this day, I have never heard a song more than living in yeah. New York City when Empire yeah. State of Mind came out. It played yeah. everywhere. It was in every cab you went into. It was in every store you went into. You were, I heard it at least 10 times a day, and I'm not being hyperbolic. It was yeah. everywhere. And I loved it, but then you go I through like, the too. waves of like, then there are times where I'm like, if I hear it one more time, I'm going to snap. And then you go three days, and then you hear it, and you're like, man, I love this city. And you're just like, I've cried yeah. to that it's song that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really that good. It is. It, it, Especially if you're an ambitious, if you're like, for me, I was like a young, ambitious person who had just moved to this place. I was like right. lonely. I was struggling. I had all these big dreams. And then you have this song that says concrete jungle where dreams are made of. And you're just like, it's me. It's, it's about me. me. <laughs> this is around the time when I love seeing sometimes the quotes from Roundtable of Gentlemen when Holden's just like, I'm giving up. I want to give up. I just saw one recently, Holden, of you screaming <laughs> yeah, yeah. about how you don't, you're done being a comedian. I just want to be paid $5 to be, uh, to do comedy. Yeah. yeah, I definitely, this was definitely like a desperation moment. A little before, it was like a little before, I mean, people, you know, I think maybe Last podcast was just starting to become a hit thing and that that became really challenging to kind of live up against seeing other very close friends, people I'm like very closely working with really excelling, you know, and, and feeling, I just remember, man, I, for example, like 
my ex got me in with a guy at the Daily Show who I got to submit a writer's packet through. Packets, always packets. And I just remember being so, <laughs> so I really packets. thought my life was going to change because of this packet. You know what mm. I mean? And like even my ex was like, I have a really good feeling about this. I just think you're going to get this, you know? Just having a direct line and everything. I was like, my whole life's going to change. It's going to be exactly what I'm supposed to be. And then just being so devastated. Uh, when I didn't get that, um, which is a precursor to, and then years later, I didn't get a bad BuzzFeed job. And I was just like, I'm just fucked. Yeah, There's dude. no, I just never going to succeed. This is never going to work. And then I was like, oh, I just can't like interview <laughs> or like get a job from any corporate authority. It's just not going to happen. But enough about me. Farmville. <laughs> and also, I saw a picture of this was the summer I remember I had a Blackberry and everyone I knew had a Blackberry. And man, were those keys so small. I don't know how we typed on them. Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't have a smartphone until 2011. Whoa. And yeah, and so, right, it is really interesting to go back and think about all these moments where definitely, like, the iPhone was a thing and people had it, but it wasn't so ubiquitous. Like, in 2000, even up to 2010, but definitely in 2009, I would check my email, like, once a day. What mm-hmm. I would get home at, like, 11 mm-hmm. p.m. Oh, yeah. Or whatever, later, and then check my email. Like, that was when, and other than that, you could get in touch with me because you could text and you could call, but it was just, you know, I had an iPod, and, like, that was how I listened to music. It was obviously pre-Spotify. It was, pre, you know, and it's just a different, it's like, it's it's so strange because in the on a, the one hand, when we talk about what years we want to do rewinds, like anything post 2000 doesn't feel like that long ago. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, we, you know, 2009, we were adults. We were all here. Like how different could it have been? Oh, it was but so actually different. it was incredibly different, not just because we were young, but because like life was different when you weren't expected to be, you know, there was no, tw- how diff- what did I do before? I Twitter? went to the New York like, public what did library. I do before? I'd yeah. go into the city, I'd hit the library real quick to check my email, send out right. some like, you know, okay Cupid things, and then I would leave yeah. the library. Like I would have to stop right. at the library to say, Yeah, me too. I, I also walk did. up the hills both ways, no shoes. It's true. That's why like t- to come back around to Farmville, it this uh, it is kind of a transition like Candy Crush, all those kinds of games, like moms playing games on the internet became a thing starting with Farmville. Like this weird, also like the internet creating a thing that all ages, like it kind of reminds me of like Pokemon Go a little bit in that summer when like everybody was just like playing the same game at the same time. And it was like a social game that really started with Farmville and it really took over in an absurd way. I mean, it said in under a year, it had over 83 million monthly users. This was like the first time I was seeing my old high school friend, like working with my, you know, second cousin on a farm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was just so bizarre. And I was looking at it as a person who I think at this point I still wasn't maybe like getting. No, I was playing video games, but I didn't have like a my own console or anything at this point. Or I wasn't like back in, into games like in this dedicated way that I would in the next couple of years. Just looking at it being like, what is happening did you guys have a Farmville farm? Did you guys get into no, it all? Or I, know, no I never did Farmville, Farmville, but I do. I mean, I, I miss what you just described. And I know we've talked about this on previous rewinds too, like that it's obviously like many good things have come from having so 
so many different media sources and so many different shows and there's obviously so much more representation and like I'm so much more like news literate now and whatever but like I miss the collective experiences of and and 2009-2010 was a real year for that because it was kind of it was it wasn't like the late nineties where there was, where it really felt like, Oh my God, there's nothing out here except the pop, except whatever is um, on TV or the radio, which is how it felt for us growing up. But in like 20, 2009, 2010, it felt like really fun that everyone was playing candy crush, you know, like, uh-huh. a- and everyone was kind of sharing one thing. Whereas now we kind of have that, like, yeah, everyone I know is watching F boy Island, but it's not the same thing where it's like, a, a you know, a music video comes out, like, all the single ladies or an album comes out and then everyone is just doing that because now there's just so many things. There's less, right. it's more stratified and there's less of like a, unifi- a unified media experience. But people had no social code. I mean, it, remember just getting inundated with like shitty Farmville messages asking you to like help people with their farms and we all were like, hey, this isn't cool. Um, never do this again. Like, you know what I mean? In, in this way that we, we were learning a lot of like social media lessons at this yes. point, right. I think, you know, and I think we're also starting to learn what the beast that is the internet is all about, you know, especially through cultural moments like uh, the Kanye T-Swift. Well, yeah. When did Facebook, right? I'm going to look this up, when Facebook became, because remember, Facebook started in 2005 and it was only for people with a .edu right, right, right. email. Yes. Uh, I, was, I, I was a member of Facebook like when it was just colleges. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You. I still was when I was in college. Me too. This is also a lot of technology uh, transition year. This is a huge one that I was not aware of that happened in 2009 is the fact that that is when Apple invited GPS companies to use navigation systems on the phones. And like wow. that is such a huge change in our culture of being able to have that a navigation system. That wasn't until 2009? 2009. Is wow. when it started. Isn't that, that insane? Yeah, because up until then it was MapQuest and you would MapQuest. still have to go print yeah. out or write down. I, yes, I remember living in New York and having to look up things before I left the house. Yep. Wow. I'd write it down it's on my people hand. Are, people are talking that yeah. so much lately about how like we can't believe now that we used to do that. Like that we used to, and, and I mean, especially now, like I plug my phone into my car and the screen on the car t- guides me. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just... Like, it's just on such a crazy other level. It made so much sense of why, like, my mom valued when, like, when we were kids, she'd have the map out and then she'd be like, put the map away. We'll figure it out. And we would be lost for hours. Like, we would just, and my mom's like, but that's part of the adventure. And I think that's why I'm so anally on time for everything now, because, like, the sense of being lost adventure, which I think is just a fun mom way of being like, I literally can't look at the map and drive at the same time. So, what's going to happen is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and we went with it. Yeah. What a, di- I mean, it, 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 to think that, you know, within our, adult lives the transition from needing a map (laughs) you know to never needing a map again and what that again what that meant for your life you know I would memorize I had the entire an entire mental map of my hometown completely internalized you know and 
whereas I don't know if kids learning to drive now, I mean, have that because I mean, I, you know, now I can make the same drive 10 times. And even though the GPS tells me how to do it, I still remember how to do it and I could do it without the GPS, but it is just a totally different way. I think, you know, just to think that in, in 2009, it wasn't, you weren't expected to constantly be able to respond to an email. You weren't expected to know where to go if you didn't have access to a, to MapQuest. Yeah. You know, you weren't listening to new music unless you had bought the album. Like, it was just a fundamentally different, I guess Twitter did exist in 2009, but it was obviously not what it is now. I think that was the year I joined Twitter, actually, 2009. Also, because this is the thing, like, we talked about the iPhone. It was introduced mid-2007. But that, it still would take some time before people would adopt, like, largely adopt it, right? Right. So that was 2009. It was, like, standard to to have one started to become, right? Uh, also, in 2007, Netflix introduced streaming media and video on demand. But if you think about that, then it still took another year or two before everyone just, like, had it. You know, um, and it had an actual good library. Like, I think in the beginning, I mean, you could kind of watch through what they offered pretty, you know, like you could kind of get through the whole library. That was why I watched Dear Zachary, because it was just one of the one of the things on on Netflix. One of the things on there. And like not everybody necessarily had adopted it. So, yeah, again, this is all that's all kind of hitting really hard back then. And to go back to you talking about like the transition out of like this monoculture, this is like the kind of last time and especially for three of us that were definitely hipsters that we were again listening to Wilco and just being like, oh, the pop music and still on that verge of like, do we want to listen to what everybody listens to or do we want to listen to like the alternative? This is the year that Avatar comes out. Talk about, I think such a, like we look at what, 2009 with Avatar and at that winning best picture, I know that happens in 2010, but it coming out and the wildfire that was Avatar, but this was still in the time period that I remember all of us were like, who gives a shit? What are you talking about? Well, not wanting to watch the popular kid movies. Not wanting to watch the popular kid movies. And now there's just so much content that you, you, sure, you can be like, I'm above watching F-Boy Island, sure. But you can watch a hundred million other things. This is also the same year that like Desperate Housewives is one of the number one shows. And I remember specifically being like, only trash people watch that. This is the year Jersey Shore comes out. Only moms watch that. Only moms watch, yes. I'm ashamed that Jersey Shore, that my understanding of Jersey Shore was just like my relationship to pop music was, which was just like, that's for idiots. Like, why would I watch something that's popular? Like, uh, you know, for, for uh, and Jersey Shore was kind of the epitome of that. And, and this was in 2009. I feel like we were all having a lot of kind of panicked conversations about reality TV. Cause also I think Real Housewives was, had started by then maybe. Yeah. Um, and so it was like, oh, it's all, it's just all reality now. What does this even mean for television? Which is kind of quaint to think about right? that with Jersey Shore. Real quick comment about Avatar before we get into Jersey Shore is just that also Avatar was synonymous with the 3D revolution in cinema where they wanted to make everything 3D. We're going to get 3D televisions as well. Not too long from now, it just became, everything became geared towards 3D as the next thing. And that's obviously really slid away to the wayside 
time. But Avatar was the beacon of that. They were like, this is going to blow your mind. This is going to be 3D you've never seen before. It's what like, got everybody to go to the theater. Moving over to Jersey Shore, though. <laughs> Jersey Shore was, I think, the panic conversation you're talking about was because um, Jersey Shore finally just embraced the trash. The trash, yeah. man. Up until then, everyone tried to pretend like there was some level of integrity when it came to reality shows. I mean, totally. the real world, especially starting out, it was like, we're going to just get real, but we're going to like try to show a story about a woman helping the homeless community. We're going to show a story about a guy battling with HIV. We're going to, you know what I mean? We're going to, and then Puck. And then Puck. Oh, do you just want to watch Puck? Oh, you just want like, seven pucks in a house <laughs> okay fuck it all right i'll give you fine well, i'll throw that meat to you animals you could go it makes sense you're talking about it. a year that the number two movie after avatar was transformers revenge of the fallen this is who they're playing to they, i mean because yeah. if that's the number two movie yeah make a jersey shore this is obviously what everybody wants right yeah Right. And, th- and there was, of course, we were like well into, you know, kind of like HBO prestige TV as well. Like I remember like seeing Nurse Jackie posters. Uh, uh, is that what it was called? Yeah. Nurse oh, Jackie yeah. posters everywhere. And like Dexter was the year before this. And so like there was like really good prestige TV. Um, but it, oh, it, yeah. we had not yet made, certainly hadn't made the switch to streaming. Like it was still a thing where like the house I lived in in 2009, we had like the little cable but it was like it was this was also a, tech, a technology transition where it used to be that you like had like regular cable and then there was this switch i think in 2008 or 2009 where you had to like get an additional thing to have the basic cable channels and then it just became a thing where it was like oh well just watch netflix on your computer and it was this like slow transition away from having an actual tv and like actual yeah. cable you know and like and I feel like that was also just a, a huge like technology pop culture meeting where like in 2009, I would still go home and like turn on my like not flat screen, like cube small television yeah. that had a that still had like a VCR VCR in it. In it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and would like watch net, like Law and Order on cable. I was not watching any TV at this point. And that makes sense because I was pretty alienated by what was popular. Glee came out Glee, this year. Yeah. I actually kind of want to go back and watch it now with like a, a fresh palette. Me I guess, too, actually. Hold on. Let's, let's rewatch Glee. Should we Apparently do it? it's like, great. I never watched any of it. Um, oh my God. I was obsessed with... Uh, now we're just getting into TV shows. I was obsessed with uh, Eastbound and Down at this point. Oh. I was definitely into that. That was already... So that's so interesting to me. So there already was just like really, really good comedy on HBO. Like like well-made prestige comedy on HBO at yes, this time. Yeah, for sure. Prestige comedy is kind of a thing this year. You've got The League. You've got... Uh-huh. Um, You've got Modern Family, I think, is like the biggest yes. example of like kind of this is the new sitcom. This is going to be it's like uh, it's elevated. It's like on another level. Right. And, also um, Community Parks and Rec. It was like a really good year for like what TV it was. Again, we aren't all just streaming now. This That was just like what was on NBC. But it was like really good. It was like the best stuff that had ever been on like. Thursday night NBC, and then you fucking know. M- and then MTV's over there, just like nope, we're just gonna be filthy trash. Jersey Shore, sixteen and pregnant, yeah, like loved it was it. 
all that shit. It was just like, but we're this just going to embrace. The heyday of Mad Men and Breaking Bad. Yeah. This is, you know, yeah, one or yeah. two years deep into both of them. And it's when they're, they're just spreading like wildfire. So at the same time, this is a huge boom for television in every respect. So it's a huge right. boom for pop. It's a huge boom for television. And yet still, some there are still two... CIS is on the top 10 shows of, of 2009 because all of our parents were watching it. Right. And mm-hmm. what I was t- describing before, it might not even make sense when I was talking about the cable thing, but do you remember like you had to, you could had to pay for like to have like all the channels. Right. But there right. It used to be that you just got some free channels. Yes. Like with every TV. <laughs> and yes. then that stopped. BP added more than $70 billion to the U S economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. I'm pretty sure I'm watching a lot of stuff on like bootleg DVDs and stuff. I'm not even like watching this on actual TV. I'm watching like DVD seasons of Mad Men. I remember pirating Breaking Bad. I remember watching a lot of that on like weird websites. Yes. Marcus told us about like, here's the weird website that you can watch stuff on. Yeah. (laughs) And I I would just watch it like on that with like weird ads every now and again. You know, that, oh my God, Party Down started in 2009. Such a good show. Man, it's so weird because in some ways it feels like so recently like yeah party down and eastbound and down like those just feel like they happened yesterday but then like yeah, to, yeah. Think, to think that that happened when we didn't have navigation on our phones is like such right. a mind fuck you know and then and then hopping over to film um just the stuff that defined my year first of all weirdly enough i never saw the movie but just i re- i'm so have such a specific memory of talking to ben kissel after he saw the movie orphan because of the twist oh my that god the twist in is the just movie the best. orphan She's 31 years old. <laughs> She's got this weird disease. She's 31. <gasps> so I remember, like, that's kind of how all over the place. Oh, dude, my this is the movie. year of Precious. Remember when we all watched yeah. Precious? Uh-huh. Now, oh, this my is the God. Thing. I never did actually sit down and watch Precious. And I thought about it the other day. I was like, should I watch Precious? Woo. Should I watch it, Precious? It's good. But, uh, you know, there, no, this was rough. It was a rough year. I was also like it's blogging this year. District you were, wait, nine. you were blogging? I was, I had a blog <laughs> at, a, sure. at a website that no longer exists. This was well, this like, when you, yeah, this was like, you were about to be like writing stuff for Slate and stuff, yeah. right? So you were trying to get into that space. Right. But it was before that. And I was just trying to come up with all sorts of different takes it was like pre the phrase hot take but it was kind of the internet was a was a place of hot takes and i was trying to be like i'm a feminist 
something and writing about pop culture. And I just, there's just so many things that I just wouldn't stand by. I, I would ne- probably not stand by anything I wrote in 2009. But there was, you know, like, I, f- I feel like it was just a, a time of like, you know, obviously websites like Gawker, which I really liked, uh-huh. but there was just, there was just always like, it was before Twitter, what what you did was like read, like I, I read Feministing every day and there was like, you know, uh-huh. color lines and like all these different really good websites. But it was like, you would just, there, I just remember the discourse around Precious. There was just so many, like, let's write a thousand articles about, uh, you know, Gabrielle Sidibe and like, and, and, I don't know. I guess it was all important and good at the time. But it just reminds me of Keurig co- coffee cups and like sitting in those kinds of offices. There may have, may have been a ping pong <laughs> table or a candy room and just like wasting as much of my day as possible online on different, you know, I probably wasn't on Jezebel, but it was this, Jezebel, you know, this there was a web and, comedy website called Splitsider that I remember, yes, I think in 2009 uh-huh. or maybe 2010, Splitsider. somebody wrote an article that was like, here's why I think women, I still think women aren't funny. Oof, and it was this. Right, and, yeah. and then I like wrote a response. And, and yeah, that was a conversation I think then, right? Was very was much so. Women are women funny, funny. still yes. like, a debating point in 2009 yep. absolutely maybe what, even up crazy. until 2010 and right and then that kind of transitioned to like other debates that came later but like there was just so much like the discourse was really different now it all happens on twitter and it usually happens in the course of like a day whereas like in 2009 there was like weeks of like what does it mean to like have a you know, let's talk about everything precious means for like weeks and weeks. And I think some of the takes were great and really enlightening and informative. Some of them, including mine, I think were just fucking awful. Like, it's just like what it's just so uh, the the Internet used to be a place where people would just go on it and like read blog entries and I think there was a lot of value to that but also what it di- now there's I don't think I'm not necessarily saying it's a good thing but now a lot of those websites don't exist anymore because they've all been bought by billionaires so, you know and it's yeah. like there's just no real media landscape like that at all anymore people have sub stacks now you know so there's just again it's a different I used to log into Gothamist and be like here's where I get my local news mm-hmm. and you know yeah th- I, and I used to log into feministing here's where I get my my feminist takes here's where I get my uh, you know, whatever. And, and there's no, like, there's, you know, I go to Gawker, here's where I just get like fun poppy stuff. There's no one uses the internet like that anymore. No one like opens up a web browser and types in a web address to like go read things to to the place. And, and I think too, this is just before we all realize, like, uh, there's so many people out there that are desperate for money that are writers, you know, that, uh, you know, have to come up with takes. Yeah. This was like a time. Yeah. $60. Right. And it was kind I remember of the, one job I looked at was like, you have to write eight posts a day and it was like 30 K yeah. a year, you know? And then you like do the math and that you're like, Oh, then of course they have to come up with these crazy ass uh, opinions yes. all day, you know, to right. be so opinion. No one's that opinionated. And that, that like, this is why I uh, thank God that I didn't end up staying in, even though I think a lot of good did come from that era. Like I, at the time I was like a new college graduate who had been like right. told I was smart. And I was like, everything I think matters and I should write about everything I think. Yeah. And thank God I have since been freed from that delusion. Like, can you write <laughs> a series of like four sentences followed by a GIF that, reacts to those four sentences <laughs> followed by four more sentences with another chip. It was this time when I was, I think you were clicking with it more and I was sitting and just there being like, 
what the fuck is this? I do dirty comedy in a you know at eleven p.m. show. How do I apply this to this? Right, and it was, think, yeah, you know, there was this a, is when I'm getting starting to get pissed off about internet cute. In other words, like, yeah, I'm starting to get pissed off about the the weird you know. There was a lot of good and a lot of bad. Like there was a yeah. lot of voice. There was I was reading a lot of perspectives that I had never read before, which is why it's good that I ultimately decided to kind of shut up because it was like I just realized like I don't have to weigh in on everything. Right. And it took me many years since from two thousand nine to realize that. But like really learning that, yeah, just starting to learn that lesson. What if we listened? What if, for me it was like, what if I just tried to read read more and like say less about what I think. It does not matter what I think, you know? So for four movies, just to kind of give some blast of the past, some of my favorites came out this year. One of my favorite horror movies of all time, The House of the Devil came so out good. in 2009. And Drag Me to Hell is this year. Drag Me to Hell was awesome. It's a good year for horror. You also have Jennifer's Body. It's a really good year for horror actually and sci-fi because you also have District 9 and you have Moon. Yes! In 2009. None, and again, if if you're hearing all these movies like these are great movies that um, weren't Avatar you know what I mean they were the smaller films but this is the problem though is that this was such a part of my life that I was such a hater because right. I love District 9 but this is also the same year that The Hangover came out yes. and I refused to watch it because every douchebag that was around me was like The Hangover The Hangover and I was like <laughs> fuck The Hangover and fuck you for liking it and then I finally watched it like two years ago and you know what it's hilarious. Like I get, I get why people like it so much. Honestly, though, I will say I had a different. I definitely saw it in the theater right when it came out. Me was too. Like, hype for it, but I got the thing. I walked away from it with was like they showed all the funniest parts in the trailer. And oh, everyone yeah. in the movie theater acted like they hadn't seen the trailer before when the part happened, and I was like, "You've all saw this." In your home on TV and during the Super Bowl or whatever it was. Yeah. You just needed to watch it 10 years later, Holden. I was like, how do people see a funny thing multiple times on their television and then go into the movie theater and then act like it's happening for the first time? I mean, as the world got mad, like that's kind of where I was at with it, uh, which is so ridiculous. (laughs) It was like a reverse experience of seeing Anchorman, which I went yes, when I went into Anchorman, I was like, "This is going to be stupid." And then it was like probably the best movie theater experience I've had in my life, yeah. aside from watching Cats with you. Yeah, yeah. I oh, one of my favorite summer films came out this year, by the way, too. Adventureland. I love, love, love the movie Adventureland. I think it's a perfect summer film. It just reminds me of getting home from Coney Island, you know, all sweaty and taking a shower and sitting by the AC and and watching that movie and just so stoned <laughs> so ha- content yeah man it's a it's a cool year for movies but it's a like for the smaller ones and stuff which is funny to say in a year that avatar came out but i still to this day have not seen avatar because i still a part of me is that kid who's like i just don't want to be i don't want to be follow everybody you know what i mean or i don't want to be uh you know well at this point everybody hates avatar so i think that yeah. well the sequel's coming i think i have to watch it soon also uh patrick swayze died in 2009 in uh yeah damn that long ago Isn't that crazy the, I feel like the th- the theme that's emerging even more than 2008 much more than 2008 the theme that's emerging in this rewind is just like so close yet so far. Like some things feel so this so a continuation of the same when thinking about like um 
especially the music. Like, I feel like, you know, we still have, we're still in the landscape of Gaga and Kanye and Tay, T-Sway and all like, but, but then other, in other ways, it feels like. You mean like, like John and Kate plus eight? John and Kate this plus is, eight. This is where, then there's also mm-hmm. the downside of it. Then there's also John and Kate plus eight, mm-hmm. which everyone was obsessed with. And it was just certainly just like a, ooh, this looks. <laughs> and think about like when we watch Jersey Shore every week, which is so fun. But like, think about like, there's been some moments, not that many, surprisingly, in Jersey Shore. But like anything you watch from this time, there will just be like normalized, like you'll hear just like you know, gay slurs like every so, I mean, I don't think that's happened in Jersey Shore actually, but like, um, you know, if you watch anything from this time, it was just the the amount of like fat phobia in Jersey Shore maybe is a better example, right? Like there was, this is completely before, again, go back to the, they are women a funny couple debate. times in our rewatch. They've bleeped a couple of moments. A couple like, of F words. Sure that was the bad F. Yeah. But I, don't, I don't know. Like, this was completely <laughs> before there was any sort of like mainstream. Again, all those things were happening on like blogs, but there was a, this was before there was kind of like a mainstream awareness of like, maybe we shouldn't just say fucking awful shit all the time about marginalized people. On the other side of that spectrum, I mean, especially as someone who's like in a sketch comedy group called Murder Fist trying to do like edgy, dark comedy and and get a show on TV and loving shows like Eastbound and Down and stuff like that that really kind of went for stuff like that. And then on the internet, the biggest, one of the biggest trends, this is like the beginning of me starting to become, I think, an internet cute hater. The flash mob the was The flash mob was going to bring it up. Yeah. So corny, so stupid. And I'm definitely sitting there just being like, this is what people want. I think I'm fucked. Oh, I love, see, this is, I'm different. I loved, I loved him then and I love him now. Uh, Of course you would. Of course you would. Of course. And you know what? Again, you're better than me. Like I'm an evil person. You know what I mean? And that is what it is. I don't like that. But yeah, just seeing that and being like, fuck this shit like, you know, at my day job. I probably whatever. hated I him more then because I understand the instinct of being like, this is this is too fun. This is too cute, you know. That you don't have but anything like, better to do with your time? That's You right. don't have anything better to do with your time? That's what, <laughs> I mean, I still, I, I don't hate cute internet things and flash mobs still would like, if I got like trapped in one, Ugh. I would, I think I'd have a mental breakdown. Yeah, but don't you love choreography? Don't you love a, a collective on experience? the stage? <laughs> <laughs> I love choreography on the stage. Um, I think it's more of just like in, in my brain, it still lives in a prank world where like yeah, all I can think yeah. about in a flash mob, like especially like if they do it in the street, I'm just like, how are people going to get to work? And yeah. that's where what I think about because exactly. I'm a commercial. As a New Yorker, that's it's insanely inconvenient. It's just not cool or fun like we see crazy shit all day so it's not like we go whoa like if you're in a small town and you see a flash mob it's like the craziest thing that's happening all week but what about like you know improv I mean? every wasn't this the golden age of improv everywhere in yeah, new york where so. like the no pants subway so. ride and like the weird yeah, shit all that were stuff. we not loving that jackie no, we were <laughs> i was not <laughs> we're not loving that, <laughs> we're not personally. that but again this was my hater time period i was i only yeah. had a very short Hater time period, and this was it for me. This year, yes, all of major these things. Hater. I couldn't well, we were rolled all, my eyes. It's easy hard to be enough. a hater when you're hungover, you know. Yeah, so exactly. Mad. That's the thing. We were just hungover all the time and like jobless and shit. No, if you're and and just, if you're <laughs> going to work to work for twelve hours to watch a sixteen month old and a four year old that just screams, "You're fat! You're fat! You're fat!" and she could just scream it for hours. 
your brain <laughs> chemistry changes. That right. if I saw a flash mob, I would have just been like gone feral, just like and just started like biting people because it was so filled with rage. Yeah, very very angry, very angry time period for me. Very drunk, very angry, and um, you know, I would get upset at things like Alvin and the Chipmunks the Squeakquel because every time I saw the poster for Alvin and the Chipmunks the Squeakquel burn with rage like i would scream yeah. drunkenly at the poster while i would wait for the bus just being like fuck you <laughs> fuck you alvin and the chipmunks this is kind of the bullshit everybody wants this is what they want the squeakquel this is what they want <laughs> i always say my my 30s were way better than my 20s and this was probably like the worst time of my tw- 20s yeah. you know and and i think this was after this I kind of pick up the pieces. It takes another year or so because I have to go through my breakup and kind of find myself again, date myself for another year. And then like kind of, then we sort of, we get, we get together with Lexi and we get more organized and, you know, we get more focused and still kind of deal with a lot of ups and downs. Cause it's not till 2017. I mean, it's another, I'm another, you know, almost decade away from like really being like, I'm living my best life. I'm doing, this is what I was supposed to be doing, you know? Um, uh, but I think this was definitely like a rock bottom year for me. And I think it's a really interesting kind of, if not a rock bottom year, at least a big turning point year, um, just in, in pop culture, internet culture, all of that stuff it's, for sure. It's like a you know a phoenix rising from the ashes, right? Like yeah. 2008 literally ended with a crash. Yeah, and then you know you have this kind of like yeah, all the hope uh, that went into 2009 with Obama, and just the fact that Obama had Beyonce and Jay Z at his inauguration, and it just felt so different. You know, like yeah, even w- like. You know, I didn't have a ton of political hope for Obama, but it felt so, so different. And it felt so hopeful. And it felt like 2008 ended about as worse as it possibly could. And now what uh-huh. what rises from from the depths of despair? And it's true. Like, I feel like personally, it, it was another few years before I came out of Ooh. the despair. But like, it, you know. Reminiscent of where we were at, you know, um, at the end of Trump's reign and January 6th and that and pandemic, yeah. you know, and that feeling like this giant crazy, like we've just been through hell. Yeah. Like hell on, on top of hell. Like, Our generation and, specifically really has, yes. um, had quite, uh, quite a few lows in their yeah, adulthood. Like three recessions now. Yes. Yeah. Millennials. We, we came, yes, we had nine 11. We came, we became employable adults right as the economy collapsed and has, by the way, never recovered. Yeah. Like in terms of like, you know, it recovered for the stock market, but it didn't recover for what it means to actually be a worker. And then, you know, we're all about many of us became parents right before the pandemic or but during the I pandemic. Say, I will say Paul Blart Mall Cop came out in 2009. I would have guessed 2015 if you had asked me. <laughs> right. And 2009 Paul Blart Mall, Mall Cop. And also I this was around the time period I had absolutely no money. But I remember scraping the money together to go see up 
in the movie theater and uh-huh. then I didn't know and then I just remember I saw it by myself and I was just like <gasps> like ugly crying yeah, alone so and drunk in the movie theater because I brought so a fifth of whiskey with me that I just sat there and sipped the whiskey as I watched up alone and um, it was so worth it and such a mind-blowing experience and then I just remember thinking that it was like oh loneliness is the option it's just easier to be lonely <laughs> I remember and I had a similar experience <laughs> I had a similar experience when I watched Medea go to jail oh I bet loneliness so wasn't that interesting it's the uh, best. yeah well all right I mean I think that I don't I can't find any more uh moments from that year so I think we might be rounding the corner oh, here yeah on. it's pretty couples retreat uh, should we talk about couples just Go kidding it was a big year for retreat. Vince Vaughn I feel like Vince Vaughn was really <laughs> yeah, his... he was on top of his <laughs> oh yeah but this also we didn't even talk about point. the Academy Awards this is the year that Heath Ledger wins for Dark Knight oh. this is the year Slumdog Millionaire wins oh yeah I saw the Imaginarium of Dr. Pernassus on the movies list I was about to bring it up because I was also like tragically like he blew everyone's mind with uh, Dark Knight and then like his swan song film was the dumbest named thing Very dumb. and then was also not good the Imaginarium <laughs> of Dr. Pernassus is like a joke I would, that's like a name I would have come up with as a joke in a sketch about someone who had to put out a shitty movie right after they died <laughs> But this is also the curious case of Benjamin Button, which was another one. Talk about hater oh Jackie. I remember watching it and screaming. And I was like, oh, he's getting younger. Oh, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely was a hater on that movie. Wiz the Bruiser, we also do like a year that was thing where we talk about movies, video games and stuff that came out. And every single year I have to suffer the part where like I see what the big Oscar movie was and how no one gives a flying motherfucker yeah. about Every time that movie. Yeah. And that was like the big Oscar bait movie that everyone was like forced to watch <laughs> against their will. And, you know, and then you look back, you're just like, ew, like, why do we think? And I am a huge, I love watching the Academy Awards. And I'm just like, why do we ever show this sh- show any respect when it's every time it's the fucking dumbest movie that we all had to watch? Too, because of Harvey Weinstein, whoever the fuck it was, <laughs> shoved it down our throats. So funny, and it's like never the movie. Like I would have, I would have given it to maybe Moon that year. You know, sure, it's never yeah, even or District Nine. You know I mean? Yeah, District Nine. District was Nine. Believe it was a, a a revelation in the movie theater. It was so funny because everyone was like, Avatar. It looks amazing. This lush greenery. It was like. The best sci-fi movie that came out this year was set in fucking apartheid, fucking amazing South Africa, and it's incredible, and it's like gritty and grimy, and it looks like shit, and it's like on purpose. So much better than Avatar. Yeah, man. Well, I feel like now I honestly just want like a Spotify playlist of all of the top. There, this must exist. Just give me it's a good music. Give me year. the best, the best hits of two thousand nine because the, it was a fantastic year for music. Really, really good music year, like for sure. 
Oh, thank you for going down memory lane with us. I really enjoyed it. I'm really, really happy that I am not the same person that I was in the year <laughs> 2009. As in, and isn't that nice to revisit, to remind yourself that you've gone through rougher times than the time you're currently going through? Sometimes you got to remember those times to be like, thank God I have Google Maps on my phone because I don't <laughs> know what I would do without it. You would memorize the New York subway map, and I will say I'll yeah. never forget forget it that is oh like i i show up in new york and i'm like i know where everything is because oh we learned before it was on our phones and thank you guys so much for joining us for this rewind this week oh, oh, i wow. had um a lot of fun i think i'm definitely going to be listening to empire state of mind for the rest of the week and i am okay with that we're in the throngs of summer that is what it is for my name is jackie zabrowski you can follow me on instagram at jack that Worm. You can follow us on page 7 LPN on TikTok and come hang out over on twitch.tv forward slash oh no it's Jackie on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Sundays because we have fun days. All right. Yeah, check me out twitch.tv forward slash hold to nature's home Monday, Tuesday, Friday streams. Also, check our uh, Patreon out patreon.com forward slash page seven podcast. Uh, we do weekly bonus episodes and more um, for just $5 a month and check out our Jersey watch along. Uh, on Thursday in our Discord. It's always a really fun time for just $10 a month. It's nothing. It's, it's barely anything. Uh, and lastly, page7podcast at gmail.com. Please consider sending in uh, your lovely shout-outs and conspiracy theories and all that good stuff. Send it that way. Thanks for listening. MJ! My name is MJ, and I am MJKLCAT on Insta. All right. We love you guys so much, and we will be back next week! Goodbye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.